Welcome to day 148 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with Katie Kresge and Matthew Kresge. We're continuing our journey through the book of Romans. And of course, Romans is rich and deep. Uh, some of the very best theology that we get from Paul, but it's, it's not really a theology as much as it is an explanation of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so if you take the first four chapters, he has introduced the concept of being justified by faith. He begins by telling us why we need to be justified by faith. Whether we're irreligious or religious, we fall far short of the glory of God, and God has presented Christ as an atoning sacrifice for our sin to be received by faith. Mm-hmm. And in case we have a hard time understanding what it means to receive God's promises by faith, he points us in chapter 4 to Abraham, who believed God, uh, far from a perfect life, but he believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So now we come to chapters 5 through 8, which describe the realities, the new realities we find ourselves in because we have been justified by faith. The gifts we have through the Spirit, the life we live by the Spirit. And of course in chapter 7 he'll even talk about the struggles we have with the old way of life and how the two come together. So it's a really rich section of Romans and it's fun to read and fun to realize that this is our new identity. These are the realities we live in and these are the realities that should shape our lives. Mm -hmm. So before we read as always we offer this moment and ourselves to the Lord. Katie, do you mind lifting us up? Sure thing. Father, we come before you um, knowing that this isn't just um, a normal 15 minutes of our day, but this is a time where you, the God of the universe, um, our Redeemer, our Rescuer, our, our Savior, you meet with us as we read your word, where you have revealed yourself to us. Um, and so would we um, come to this time um, just feeling the importance of it, feeling um, the power of it, because you, um, your spirit brings power and, and brings to life um, these words on the page. So would you move in us? Would you um, teach us more of who you are and who we are in light of who you are? Thank you for um, just this letter to the Romans. Um, we pray that you would continue to teach us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Romans chapter 5, and we'll be reading 5 and 6 today. And therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that our suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. As he had just the right time and we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in the same way death came to all people because all sin. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. 
Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification in life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What should we say then? Should we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that the old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. We should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin no longer will be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace." What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have now come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You've been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness." I'm using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at the time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, The benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, Matt, could you summarize that whole reading for us just in in a single sentence? Yeah, that's that's a lot. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, Christ justifies the ungodly. 
There you go. Fantastic. Yeah. Is that is that the heading in your Bible? No, no. Jesus okay, good enough. Sinner. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Even shorter. Fantastic. <laughs> so as you read through this, what are some of the themes that uh, really stand out and kind of leap up, leap off the page? I appreciate. I mean, even just the very beginning of chapter five. You know, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. I mean, what a great you know, couple of sentences that is that, that, yeah, because of what Christ has accomplished, you know, on our behalf, he has justified us, you know, through faith, we, we have peace with God. And, and that peace is far greater than I think, you know, just kind of like this termination of we're no longer enemies, but, you know, we've gained access into his grace in which yeah. we're standing currently. And he, keep, I mean, he keeps going just to show us how incredible this is, but that while we're enemies, while we're powerless, while we're, you know, ungodly, Christ dies for us. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and of course, when you read the word peace, you're thinking of not only the concept of you know alienation yeah. mm-hmm. and reconciliation, but the concept of blessing as well. Mm-hmm. His shalom or his peace yeah. is his rich abundance toward those he, that he loves. And so the peace we have with God is, is not just reconciliation as enemies, but entering into his blessing. Mm-hmm. And how interesting that we, um, according to this paragraph, we gain hope through um, God's grace and through our suffering, and both produce hope, uh, which I thought that was interesting, that it's not just one or the other. We, we gain hope, we, we have hope through our suffering, um, which is the second half of that, that paragraph, and we also get hope um, or have hope because of his grace yeah. in which we yeah. now the hope we have another way to put that is not at all diminished by our suffering mm-hmm. in fact because of the gospel and because of grace it is enhanced yeah. in our suffering yeah. so he's not only so but we also glory in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance character and character and it intensifies our hope and hope does not put us to shame and, of course, that's the verdict on the final day. Mm-hmm. Rather than standing in the shame of our sin, we, we are justified yeah. because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. Mm. Yeah, only his grace can lead us to glory in our sufferings. I mean, mm. yeah, I, just there's no way around that. I mean, most of us, if we're honest, we just try to get out of our suffering. Or we, if we do embrace our sufferings, usually it's because we think we deserve it, you know, maybe yeah. or something like that. But... We glory in our sufferings, not because we think you know we deserve it or we need to get out of it, because we know that God's doing a work in us and through us yeah. in the midst of our sufferings. And God did his, his greatest work of all through the suffering yep. of our Lord Jesus Christ, and he continues through grace uh, to work in our sufferings, to redeem our sufferings, and to use our suffering for his glory. We, we need to rush on and talk about the two different men, right, Matt? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So why don't you give us an overview of the, the two different men? Yeah, and Adam all die, and in Christ we get the gift of life. I mean, <laughs> You're very succinct today. Yeah, very You're succinct. You're doing good, yeah. But the gift is not like the trespass. I mean, how, how much greater? You know, and, and he's really kind of been building on this argument, you know, even when he says, you know, since we've been justified by his blood, how much more than will we be saved from God's wrath through him? You know, the greatness of the work of Christ on our behalf you know, here is Adam, and you know, the sin comes through the first man, and yet there's a greater man, you know, the true Adam who has come. And, and now because of his work, you know, the, the gift is not like the trespass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's probably a good place to stop and explain the, you know, the way that Paul thinks. Uh, we're either in Adam or in Christ. Yeah. 
we're either fully identified, you know, with Adam or fully identified with Christ. And of course, another, you know, comparison that he'll make in the next couple of chapters, we either live according to the flesh or we live according to the spirit. Mm -hmm. And those are two different realities. And you love how, you know, through one trespass, uh, many died through one act of obedience. He is talking about, of course, the cross, the ultimate sacrifice of atonement that he described back in, you know, chapter three. The many have have been made righteous. Yeah, and that's important. I mean, you know, backing up and understanding that because when we move, as we move into chapter six, you know, he's going to pretty much say, "Where are you united? You know, are you still living in sin?" Or, you know, or really for us, he would say, "What shall we say?" You know, we don't keep on sinning because of grace, mm-hmm. because we've been united. To Christ because we now are in Christ you know we've been buried with yeah. him in baptism we've been raised with him and so we get to walk in this newness of life and, and of course the idea that we should use grace as a uh, you know kind of a free pass to live however we want to is absolutely unbelievable because mm-hmm. God re- redeemed us and rescued us from an old way of life that we might live a new way of life which is where we do find his peace and where we do find yeah. his blessing and where we do find his presence. And he said, you've been rescued from that. Why go back, you know, to the, well, and I love that little phrase, those things you did once that you're now ashamed of. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and those are not even, you know, just, you know, just the really worst things that we've done. Those are some of the, you know, best things that we've done that have become, you know, nothing more than, in Isaiah's words, filthy rags. We, we chase the wrong things. We love the wrong things. Our affections were set on the wrong things, and, and none of those brought peace in life. It reminds me of the prodigal son, the parable yeah. of the prodigal son, you know, because that son did abuse the grace of his father. And and what did it bring forth? It, it brought forth humiliation. It brought forth um, debt and just so much um, what Paul would refer to as just death. And, and we look at the, uh, I think it's the end of chapter 6, where... Um, it talks about what what fruit is your are you living according to the flesh or are you living cor- according to the spirit because when you live according to the spirit that produces fruit and when you live according to the flesh that produces nothing it produces death yeah. and so the prodigal son I mean it's very similar uh, mm-hmm. it's a good picture for us of what happens to us when we abuse the grace of our God too and uh, of course the fruit is described in two just two basic terms death or, or a dead end separation from God, alienation from his blessings, or life living in and enjoying his blessings and his presence. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, in the middle of this, he tells us how we, we live. We've been set in a new position, so we were once in Adam, we're now in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean all the struggles are over you know, for us, because we still live in a body you know, that is subject you know, to death, even though we are being redeemed. So in verse 11 of chapter 6, it, he gives the basic discipleship in the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. In other words, live and bank on this fact. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Don't offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sins will no longer be your master because you're not under the law, but under grace. Yeah. I, I mean, I just love, we talk about this a lot, but how Paul moves from, you know, identity to action or, you know, that those truth yeah. statements about who we are in Christ. You know, this is how we're to consider ourselves. We're, we're, we've been united 
you know, to him. We are in Christ. And because we're in Christ, then that changes the entire way that we live. You know, we don't live in order to be in Christ. You know, we find ourselves yeah. in Christ and, and we count ourselves as dead to sin and alive to Christ. And therefore, you know, we we live completely different. Yeah. <laughs> True statement. You are now dead to sin and alive, unit to Christ. <clears throat> therefore, don't offer any part of your body to sin yeah. mm-hmm. or to the old way of life. Fantastic. So much more that we could cover, you know, whenever our reading plan gives us two chapters in Romans. Uh, we're a little distressed I'm because sad. there's so much more we could cover here. But I know that you'll enjoy it as you read and meditate on it the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Matt, could you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for the, the reminder and the incredible truth that we have been united to Christ. Um, Father, help us to to, to count ourselves as, as dead to sin and alive um, to Christ. Help us to, to walk in, in newness of life, to present ourselves not to, to wickedness, but um, to you and to doing the, the work that you have called us to do in the place you've placed us. Um, Father, we thank you for your grace in, in which we currently stand, and, and we look forward to the day in which um, you, will, you will return. Um, you will bring all things to, to their perfect end, and we will um, worship you and, and glorify you and enjoy you forever. And, and so until then, may we be faithful. Um, Father, continue to, um, to anchor us in, in your grace and in your, your peace. And, um, and God, would we be your people in this place. It's in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.